Hi, everybody, and welcome to Paul Listnick Behind the Curtain. Always a good chance to get away from the TV side where I live in the world of politics to do kind of my real passion, which is the world of theater and the arts. And uh, you just saw a little bit of what is currently playing up at the Black Ensemble Theater, a theater that I have been so active and involved with for many years now, the creation of the legendary Jackie Taylor. And it is called Blue Heaven. And as always, they're always breaking ground up at the Black Ensemble Theater with each show one way or another. Uh, The person responsible it's always Jackie Taylor, but the person responsible for it, this, I got to say that it's in my contract. Yeah, the person responsible for it this time is uh, Daryl Brooks, who wrote and directed the show Blue Heaven. Daryl, good to see you. And congratulations uh, by the Z opening. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Paul. Always a pleasure. And one of my favorite actors in the city, Billy Rude. I, I love you so much. And, and uh, recently you, you played, um, uh, you were Jerry Lee Lewis in, in Travel in the Country in Million Dollar Quartet. Of course, he just recently passed. And one of the things after I watched you play Stevie Ray Vaughan in this show, I began to wonder. And of course, you've also done Sunset Boulevard at, at Portslight. So you've done a lot. But it seems to be when it comes to the music roles, do you have a requirement that you, if you have to play an instrument, you can't do it normally? You have to be above it, behind it, below it, or behind your back, or whatever? Yeah, it, it, I have to play it incorrectly in some way, and the uh, the <laughs> character has to be a three-named, uh, formerly living rock star. Paul, it's great to talk with you again. <laughs> you too. I'm just going to follow up on that one thing. We'll move on from it. Because I, my good friend Levi Christ, who, who I'm sure you know, and he played Jerry yes. Lewis as well. Do you, is that something that you, because I know you're a musician primarily as well, is that something that like you can just do? Or when you play the Jerry Lee thing or whatever, it's like you have a big project ahead of you to learn that stuff. Uh, I, I'm talking I think, about the playing above and behind and over and all that. Yeah, I, I, I think it's um, it, it's 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 like it's like a, a workout. You know, you once you practice it enough, it becomes part of muscle memory, and it's it's a special trick, and it's it, it's incorporated into the the routine work of practicing the instrument. It's you just got to practice it the wrong way to do it on stage, I suppose. All right. Well, I don't know it's the wrong way because what you do is great. So, okay. Daryl. Uh, this this is a show, you know, I know the, the whole season right now um, is, is you know, dealing with it. This is Jackie's vision. It's about healing as we've coming out of this pandemic. There's kind of a theme. Talk about how uh, Blue Heaven adds to the theme of, of what we've been experiencing. Great. So um, one of the big things for, for me, of course, and for everybody coming out of the pandemic and lockdown is mental health and mental health is huge. And it's something that we need to focus on. Um, and so um, for me, um, mental health always begins with forgiveness, um, whether you've forgiven somebody else or taking it upon yourself to forgive yourself, um, which is 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 the biggest thing that 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 you have to do for your mental health or you have to forgive yourself um for for whatever you think that you may have done wrong to others or or done to yourself. So it it just followed like it was perfect for me to be able to to take that storyline and work it the way we worked it into this show. I um, mean it fit perfectly in the the season of healing and joy. And there and and you kind of put this in the program but you talk about the fact that there are some things in life that we heal through quickly and other things that can take a lifetime to get through. You okay. wrote this show so yeah. you put together um Howlin' Wolf. We've seen him before in the form of Ricky Stone uh, yes. in, in that show in the I love How is Ricky by the way? 
Ricky's doing great. Ricky's doing wonderful. He's in Minnesota right now, but yeah. All right. Great, well, yeah. You, you give my love when you talk to him, but this is Howlin' Wolf and Big Mama Thornton, and that's probably a name a lot of people didn't know, and we learned a lot of history about her. We'll talk about her. Muddy Waters, and of course, Billy is the great Stevie Ray Vaughan. So how did you pick these characters? And I don't think I'm ruining anything to say that when they all get... No, I don't want to say that. So what, how did you pick the characters? <laughs> I was just going to say something that maybe it does ruin it, so I'm not going <laughs> to well, the reviewers have been ruining it all day, so it's oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so, um, so you know, uh, mainly, Paul, this came from um, a bigger project. Um, before um, um, uh, COVID, the lockdown hit, um, uh, we were talking about seasons. So, twenty into twenty nineteen, we were talking about um, what season, what we want to do in twenty twenty, which I was supposed to do Earth, Wind, and Fire then, but we was also we're also picking a season for twenty twenty one. And I said, I've always wanted to write a blues review. Because, you know, me and reviews, you know, I love writing my reviews. So, like, this one, you know, I had, like, 14 people on the stage and, you know, all these blues artists and everything. And then, you know, COVID happened. Um, and, um, well, the lockdown happened. COVID is still here. So, but, um, so uh, what happened at that point in time, as we started to ease back, um, Ms. Taylor said that, hey, I don't think I want any more than five people on the stage. Well, that throws Earth, Wind, and Fire out of the building yeah. from, from the beginning. But, but they're coming back next season. Yes, yes, yes. We'll be back. We'll be right back next season. Yes. So then I thought about, hey, um, there's this blues review. And I was just like, what can I do that would infuse some people all together? Like, you know, people that wouldn't, that may have played together, may not have played together and infuse them together. So then I knew that the Black Ensemble loved, loved, um, Highland Wolf, just period. Um, I knew the people loved Muddy Waters, so they were going to be mainstays. Then I said, we got to add Big Mama Thornton because her her story is so amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I was just like, Stevie Ray Vaughan, I, I mean, like, it was almost a starting point for me. I was like, absolutely. Like, you know, and there were some other people that I, you know, thought about, but I chopped them all away. And then, you know, of course, we add B.B. King in there, and then you got Blue Heaven. There you go. And, and I got to tell you, the B.B. Uh, King, man, you talk was, Talk about a lookalike, uh, Aaron Reese Bozeman, man. He's just, he could be BB King. Oh, absolutely. And with all due respect to you, Billy, you could be Stevie Ray Vaughan, but, but, um, you know, that's just the, that, that look is really spectacular. By the way, Billy, you seem to grow different facial hair for every role you have. <laughs> yes, that's right. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm rocking the flavor saver, much my girlfriend's chagrin for, uh, Stevie Ray. Uh, she's glad uh, she's glad the side sideburns are too profound right now <laughs> and let me ask you that in, in these roles again because you, you you've done so many different things and and um uh but you are also you write you perform your own music and so when i think of you in the million dollar quartet or i think of you in this and i know this is your black ensemble debut uh mm-hmm. have you by the way did you see shows at black ensemble before this Oh no, I, I I hadn't been in to see a show yet at the Black Ensemble, but I had been able to work with some of the veterans there. Um, uh, the basically the whole team from Black Ensemble got to transfer over to work at Porchlight, which is where I was introduced to Daryl. Well, uh, I, professionally, that was the first yeah. time we got to work together. Um, so that was the, my my first introduction to that incredible team, um, and now. Now I'm there and, you know, every every opportunity after this, I'm going to be flooding into that stage because it's it's not only one of my favorite places to work right now, but it's a beautiful space for theater itself, too. And and what I love is that, I mean, the music, they, every show, 
and, and you know the story. They tell a story, right? Mm-hmm. Typically, they're they're uh, many of them are biographical. I mean, so we we get Dion Warwick, whoever it is, and and of course, by the way, Billy, you may not know this, but when they did the Dion Warwick story, who was in the audience sitting with me, Dion Warwick. Uh, so, so, oh wow, yeah. Uh, and, and years ago, um, uh, when they did the Teddy Pendergrass story, who was sitting there? Teddy Pendergrass. Yeah. Uh, he's gone now, but but uh, at that time, so Jackie's got these amazing connections. And by the way, am I am so I right there? Did, did Miss Dion actually didn't she was part of the design of the theater? Yeah, she did. All she did the interior design of the theater. Yeah. So all the lobbies and stuff like that were designed by Dion Warwick. Yeah, yeah. Now, not, she no, didn't, not many people know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she didn't do the Paul Listick bar and concession stand, Billy. But as soon as we get that reopened, I'm oh, I see. A, I saw that. I I'm saw that. A drink at that bar. Miss Dion uh, saw that. But anyway, um, we're gonna so, see me hanging. <laughs> so Daryl, the thing is, so this this more traditional show that that Jackie and Gang used to do, this notion of the biographical stories. I mean, this is this is like that, mm-hmm. but but you've also taken, you know, the Langston Hughes show, which it was so amazing. You know, I have a fairly large signed book collection. It led me to buy a Langston Hughes signed book because it was just so well done. Um, but 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 Black Ensemble, Jackie always seems to be on the edge. She's teaching us. She's introducing. I found myself going home, Googling everybody who was in the show because I was like, I didn't know Stevie Ray Vaughan was gone. So I had to look that up uh, and check all that out. Um, She always wants to teach us. And what I also love, and it it gives Billy the chance, but the diversity that she brings in in casting, black, white, gay, straight, uh, everybody's part of a Black Ensemble show right now. And that's developed over time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, one of the big things is that biographically, you know, we, <clears throat> what I try to do with this, with this show is that make sure that the story was there. So it's not you're just learning about um, who they are and what made them great, but also that healing process that we that we talked about. So you know it it digs a bit deeper um, than 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 you know a lot of different shows that even Black Ensemble has done. But it but but that's that was you're exactly right. That's what we do here. So, so let's talk about Big Mama Thornton a little bit. And Billy, I'll come to you as a, again as a musician. Were you familiar with her? I had no idea how many people stole her stuff. Oh, yes. As a million dollar quartet veteran, I'm actually very familiar oh, right. with Big Mama Thornton. Uh, she originated Hound Dog. And so as a pre-show uh, treat, I, I mean, that was always something I would listen to uh, before going on for that show. So I was familiar with Big Mama and I'm a huge, I've been a huge fan. And, you know, it's interesting because as I was looking everybody up, Daryl, to do my homework, one thing that's not because it's very clear in the show, she was lesbian and and and, and had a time. But, do you know, when you look at her bios, that's not in there. I know. I don't know. I think, you know, like like I have in the in the uh, the script, she says, you know, Bessie, Ma Rainey and herself were some of the ones that were in that business that came out. And so I won't say it wasn't a big deal to like, you know, but it wasn't a well, big at that time. It was. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't a big deal necessarily to the people that they were with. Like I say that too, like Holland Wolf and all those, you know, all those people, the people that she played with, they didn't care that she was a lesbian. Like it didn't it didn't make a difference. They just knew that she could make uh, good music. Plus, she was tough. Real tough. She I mean, was that. She was, she was what six two, um, three hundred and ten pounds. You know, but I mean, sad part about it, she was got down to ninety pounds when she passed away. But, but, um, but like you know, it's it's what are you gonna do? Like you can you can not accept that if you want to. But you know, I mean, I wouldn't want her to punch me in the jaw. So. <laughs> 
in this I'm show, she's played side in an alley fight, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. In this show, she's played by uh, Makia Lathan, and uh, and she's been a black ensemble before, so she's back. Billy, what did you know much when you auditioned for this? Were you a Stevie Ray Vaughan? Again, I, you're a music guy to me, so did you know all about him? And here's a chance to play him, or did you have to do some homework about? Absolutely, him? absolutely. Um, my father and I have been listening to Stevie Ray Vaughan for a long time. Um, he's he's one of the uh, my favorite influences on guitar. Um, so when I Got the call from Daryl about this audition. I knew I was going to have to crack down on my chops because um, I don't think I was. Uh, I, I don't think I was as prepared to play the role as I am now. Obviously, on opening night, I think I was. That's good because uh, you're in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. But you know, it, it took a lot of work. Like like we talked about recently, playing behind the back, playing above my head, playing with my teeth, stuff like that. That's yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, so that's right. You did I, that right at the end. That freaked me. You actually uh-huh, playing you know, that freaked me out. So. Uh-huh. So I sit here, I sit in this, in, and I, uh, I practice all day and I just, uh, you know, cause it's a huge legacy to live up to. And he's a super familiar figure in music and his sound is iconic. And there are going to be people that come to the show and they expect that. And I think that is just as an important part of, uh, telling the story as, you know, the costumes looking like them, sounding like them, um, you know, the way they sing with the instruments is just as important. You know, the way Lyle plays his harmonica uh, is just as much a part of his performance as Howlin' Wolf as uh, the affectations he's doing to his voice. So, you know, there's a lot that as musicians, we've had to uh, mesh in with the identity of these characters besides just regular uh, script and table work. Yeah, Daryl, when you were doing the casting, I mean, we all know Billy's a musician. He does play the guitar and all that. Um, and Lyle's been at so many black ensemble shows, maybe you knew anyway. But I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't didn't recall seeing him play harmonica before. So was that sort of if you want this role, you have to play harmonica? Because at first I thought, oh, is he playing it? Is maybe somebody kind of faking it? He learned it the first week of rehearsal. Okay. <laughs> he never played go. harmonica and he picked it up and learned it the first week of rehearsal. That's how, that's what it does. But funny thing about Billy, I had just, we had just done, um, the porch light show. Uh, what did we do? Uh, the uh, boys and dinettes. Michael Weber's gonna kill me. Punk boys and dinettes. Yes, punk boys and dinettes. We had just done it, and um, while we were doing it, Michael. I want to tell him to watch this, by the way. Go okay, ahead. okay. Uh, Robert Redrick, who's also the music director from Punk Boys and Dinettes, and of course, music director here, at Black Ensemble. We we're still seeing Billy play, and had decided, hey, Billy can do um, Stevie Ray Vaughan all the way back then. But I'm synonymous. I'm I'm that director that never tells anybody anything. So at that point in time, it's just like my friends hate it. It's like, why can't I audition? Did you see the audition notice? Go see the audition notice. I don't, I'm not like anybody that does anything like that. So when I was seeing these people and Billy's name wasn't popping up, I was just like, oh, Billy needs to come in. And so then then I then I saw that he was doing million dollar quartet on the West Coast or something like that. And I was just like, oh, well. I should have said something because he's busy, clearly. And so I finally got in touch with him and he was just like, let's do it. So that's great. That's great. So that's Absolutely. how that happened. I was ready so to sound, Billy, it sounds like the timing worked out. Million Dollar was wrapping up for you. Oh, I can't. I mean, I was home for a week and I got that email from Daryl. It was, and it, for me, who's a busy body, I came home from California and I was like, I'm ready. So it was awesome. It was, it was a great that we could make it work. Right. Do you prefer, Billy, play these roles that let you, where you play a musician, which you've done lately, uh, or when I think of other, and of course, Pump Boys, but when I think back to things like Sunset Boulevard, whatever, where it's, you know, it's more care, well, you know what I'm saying, but more of a character kind of a thing. Is there a preference in terms of what, what you're looking for when you're, you're going to go for a role? No, um, you know, I, I am, uh, I'm ready to, uh, to take, take on any challenge as an actor. 
Um, I think I have a lot of skills that befit me to particular roles. And I think um, I've, I've worked my way into those, those positions where I can help as a musician. Um, I'm, I obviously don't turn away. <laughs> I don't look at roles that don't play instruments on stage and say, nah, not for me. Um, it's definitely something I, I, I'll, I always will be doing. Uh, but roles that do play instruments and play music on stage, um, it is one of my skills. So I, I figure if people enjoy what the work I do, they will call me in for similar positions. But um, no, it doesn't. It doesn't leave me out for going back to Sunset Boulevards or or at performances of that that kind. Yeah. And by the way, is that turquoise necklace thing you're wearing? Is that yours, or do they give that to you for this role? That one's mine, actually. That is really? my that's my own person. Yes, it is. It's my own personal homage to Stevie. It is a uh, squash blossom necklace of turquoise. Well, it's really not. It struck me. I really noticed that. And then the other thing I learned, I read more about afterwards was was how Stevie died afterwards. And but even there, there's a bit of a I don't even know that we have to tell the story. I mean, he was killed in a helicopter crash, right? But but even there, it's like it, it almost didn't have to happen, Billy. I'm sure you know that story. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Well, you know, well, there were series of, there were series of helicopters and he gets on a certain one and, and actually it was, oh. he wasn't even supposed to be on that one. And he asked, right. His brother, J- Jimmy, can I go? Yeah. yeah. I mean, se- uh, I mean, a legacy of seven years and this, we, I, we talked Daryl and I talked about this with uh, people like Bill Withers. It's mm-hmm. amazing that these people had such huge profound impacts on music, the industries that they were in, uh, and then they were gone. They just vanished. Uh, and it, it doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right. I think about people um, uh, like Whitney and I think about people like Freddie. Uh, and I think about like, what would their impact on music be like if they were here today? Because it feels like they were taken from us. Um, so Stevie Ray is definitely one of those people who I think would have continued to shape and uh, give his opinion on the evolution of blues today. Yeah. How, what a great comment. Uh, Daryl, you kind of whetted my appetite before when you said you were picking the people you picked these people so i feel like i want to ask was it who's not in this show that um that you thought about and you just said no i'm, I'm gonna skip it on this one is, is that something you can share yeah i mean i was i was going all the way back to robert johnson we were going to um all as far as um robert cray band um i mean it was it was a bunch of people that i had that i had you know thoughts up here um of people that we could put we could have put into a blues review um but all those cats and we talk about them so we got albert king you know we talk about albert king Um, we talk about sun house who was like you know the godfather of the delta blues you know we talk about charlie Patton. we talk we you know we talk so in essence those folks are in the show also because we pay homage to those folks um to those people when they're bessie smith of course you know those those people in the show a little bit so you also you also you refer to these characters by their real names too so you know money why would we get their chester and all that and so you know and so i'm kind of i had to look that up because i'm like oh i I didn't know him as that you know Uh, so it makes you want to go and that's the thing about black ensemble shows they always at least for me they always make me want to go do some homework yeah yeah so and and that that was on purpose, <clears throat> if you notice, there's only one character, I won't say who it is, who calls them everybody by their stage name. And that actually was, a, you know, was having a conversation with that actor at that point in time. I was like, absolutely, this is what they would do. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, that's what, when you hear them interviews with them, they called them by their real names. They didn't call, you know, Muddy Waters, Muddy Waters. They called them Mac. You right. know, they didn't call, you know, Big Mama, Big Mama. They called her Willa May. You know, so, so I was just like, 
this show is about the realness of who these people are. And know? that's a sign of that's you and doing your research, right? Yes, to know absolutely, that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So, Billy, you're in a show written by Daryl, directed by Daryl. Let's pretend he's not with us. Um, <laughs> how, <laughs> how's it? Well, how involved did you get? You know, because it's one thing to say, can you get me Neil Simon? I got some problems with these lines here, right? Um, but but when you're dealing with a new script and the guy that wrote it's right there and he's directing you, how much of a role did he let you play in that, in, in all the creation part? Uh, I mean, uh, Daryl on day one um, was uh, very open with the script. He was like, if anything doesn't make sense, say it now, forever hold your peace. God bless, amen, you know? Um, and I, there was nothing that was... Uh, confusing or, or bizarre or anything that we couldn't work through. Um, so and this, the script reformation process was minimal. Um, it was really kind of just about how we incorporated it into our bodies and then asking Daryl along the way, it's like, Hey, is this reading? Um, because when things are biographical, it's hard as an actor to uh, feel like you're telling a story and not reading an article. Um, but I think the nice thing about Daryl's writing is it never leans too far into the overly expositional. It stays in the present. And I, I think also that uh, the show that we have lends itself to staying in the present and telling these stories because we have a purpose on why we are telling stories of our past. I don't, again, not to spoil anything, but there is a, there is a reason why we're talking about forgiveness in this show. Um, and I think that's always present in Daryl's writing, uh, and I've appreciated that. And, of course, there's that aha moment when we realize, again, I don't think I've given anything away, but they're all hanging around a kind of a bar called Pearly's, and maybe you'll figure out what that means <laughs> as time goes on. But, Daryl, uh -huh. I imagine that was something you came up with and said, I think we'll call this Pearly's. Yes. <laughs> I, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, oh. Yes. And, you know, and that like that wasn't, you know, the, uh, again, like Billy could tell you, that wasn't originally like we were reading. And I was just like, oh, where are we? Oh, we know we are. But this is the name of the bar. Did you have another name? No. Oh, we're okay. there. I didn't I didn't have another name. I didn't necessarily think that it was going to be significant until, you know, like you write and then you hear it. You know what I mean? I mean, like you said, um, not giving anything away once you find out that that portion of it, then it doesn't make, you know, but, um, and you, you want to hit yourself in the head because going, how did I not see that? Yeah. You yeah, know, right. yeah. Uh, but I think you're concentrating on that. And by the way, the way you have everybody make their entrances and coming through the house and all that, it's just, it's just so well done. Were those your boots too, Billy, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Paul, actually they did. They, <laughs> they got me all in my own clothes for this show. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't contribute a single thing. I said, I bring my own Stevie Ray Vaughan outfits with me. Everywhere. Apparently, yeah. This is correct. Once you went with the necklace, I went, wait a minute. I got to ask about the boots. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> dig a little deeper. <laughs> uh, not to mention the gold lame shirt you're wearing, but that's, you know. I know. Marquis. Oh, she's incredible. Marquis was incredible. She, she was Unbelievable incredible. Unbelievable costume designer. Yeah, the set, the costumes always. And, and, and Daryl, let, let's share something here with a little Billy, because I've been coming to Black Ensemble for a very long time, back when you were in the basement of the school. Yeah. Uh, uh, wasn't too far away and stuff. But, you know, one of the things I've noticed, I mentioned earlier that, that Jackie has really promoted the notion of diversity, be it by race, be it by sexual orientation and all that. But you know what else I've noticed is the difference in audience reaction. So many years ago, can't remember the show, can't remember what it was, but there was a show where there was a, a, the first time I had seen a gay character in one of the shows. And 
I, I don't know if there was a kid. There might have been a kiss. There was something, but it, it resonated as this is a gay moment in the show. And I remember audience members kind of, you know, there was this hush, whatever, among the crowd. And, and I'm sitting there going, you know, with all due respect, kind of folks, get with it. It's this is, right. the, you know, come on. What I'm noticing, though, you don't have those reactions anymore. Have you found the community is, uh, it's just the kind of with it in 2022. Yeah, to I mean, to an extent. I mean, you know, they're still, you know, but you're you still know, teaching black and still, white, with, right? Still teaching, but yes, I mean, people will come around because it's not going to change. That's not going to change. Black ensemble is going to grow, and it's going to be um, a beacon of um, of making sure that all of that happens. You know, all the time, a beacon of diversity, like you said, in in um, you know, in sexuality, in whatever it may be, Black Ensemble is going to try to be one of the leaders in making sure that that is happening, that is on the stage. And not only that, to make sure that those actors and musicians feel comfortable on the stage making um, making that art and know that we respect that. And that's where, where it lands with us. You, you know, know, Billy, I've interviewed Jackie Taylor a million times over the years, and I always bring up the point with her that the mission of the Black Ensemble Theater is to eliminate racism in our lifetime. And I've I've sometimes said, well, you know, she may not make that goal in our lifetime, but but she, she's bringing us along the road. And I'm just sort of curious for you, Billy, as a performer, uh, and then maybe Daryl, you can speak for other performers, but does the mission of the Black Ensemble mean something to you or sort of like, is it sort of like, no, well, good for them. That's nice. But I'm, I'm here to perform. I'm a performer. Um, I'll say that it's really hard for me to feel like racism exists in a place like Black Ensemble simply because it is it is just like been such a welcoming and heartwarming place for me to work. Um, that it is, it is insane to me that, um, you know, that there are issues out there that, uh, that surpass, uh, and have a, like cause black ensembles to have, you know, the, the foundational reasoning that they do for eliminating racism. Um, it's, the place is just a beautiful house for artists of all kinds. Um, I've never felt anything but, um, secure as an artist and, and empowered to do art, I think that's why this show is so is so good because I, I I think two of us in the cast have never worked um, at the Black Ensemble Theater before, and I, I think we're just kind of blossoming into seeing what kind of artists we are because we're in a different space. This is a very different space, and it's just so nurturing. Um, so yeah, it means a lot to me. Uh, but it's crazy that anyone could go to this place and uh, you know see uh, anything else but a beautiful world so I'm, I'm very glad to be at the black ensemble and to be at a place that has a message that it does because you know there's a lot of places i could be working right now that don't care at all yeah <laughs> and you know daryl the, the the other thing i sort of noticed again through the years of being there and look I'm, I'm fortunate because i work at a place wgm which has a big fandom um you know in the city and certainly among the african-american community so every time i'm there there's always a lot of people who are who are watching i always appreciate that um but the thing is you know, I go to a lot of opening nights and on opening nights, you see the same critics and the same, you know, you see those people all the time that, you know, but when you come to black ensemble, it's different for me. Um, yeah, there's some critics, but it's not about that. It's there. There's this family environment that you feel. It's you just know that there's people coming over, coming back over and over again and you see them. And um, there's just a difference about the family nature of the audience. Am I misreading that or do you sense that sense that too? No, that's perfectly, I mean, you perfectly stated. I mean, that's what it is, is that, you know, people um, will, 
come to and have told us that they will not even know what show was playing and just come to the Black Ensemble, call up and not hear anything about it, get tickets and come to the Black Ensemble. That's what it is. You know, we love our reviewers. You know, we love them with all of our hearts, whether they like what we do or whether they don't like what we do. But in the end, it's those people that we the um, those people that we cater to, those people that keep coming back and and those people that absorb the message um, and then the people that they bring with them, uh, you know, absorbing the message. So those, those are the people that that you are seeing in the audience um, on those days. As you tell us at the end of the show, if you liked it, just tell 150 of your fr- uh, closest friends. Right, and right. Of on. course, what you didn't do, you didn't give us that church moment at the end, which we often get from Jackie or from Ruben. Yes, absolutely. Daryl is, 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 you know, um, Daryl, uh, uh, yes. That's I don't know, Bill, Billy, you know what I'm talking about? Well, no, he, I don't well, think. No, no, but let me, let me tell you is that people have been taking the advice to go tell 50 or 60 of their <laughs> closest friends. That, that has been an effective message. Yeah, I'll say yeah. that much. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, but uh, but you know the church. Go ahead and tell Daryl what the other tradition is. Billy hasn't seen. So we always talk about like Christmas for me. Yeah, and so it's like one of those. I mean, after you give the speech, and then you say, when you come to the Black Ensemble Theater, it's just like coming to church because we have a donation box out in front of the of the uh, theater, and it's I mean it's sung, it's performed, it's a big thing. Don't yeah, worry. Exactly, it's perfect. not just a line. It's it's yeah. done. You you're, you're getting down. You get people, and people are into it, and it's very fun. Absolutely. You're gonna, you're, you're gonna end up doing it this weekend, starting this weekend. Hey, you know, wait. Um, <laughs> so why are theaters tax exempt, huh? What's going on there? It should just be the same. Yeah. I think everyone needs a little more green this time of year. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. I'll tell. I'll take your contributions. Yeah, there you go. Well, <laughs> gentlemen, I, I I thank you so much for your time. And by the way, the show is running through uh, Thursday, November twenty seventh. Is, is that a final date, Daryl? I always say that because sometimes things get you know. But I think Black Ensemble is pretty tight with the schedule. Well, it's Sunday, November twenty. Oh, Sunday. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I looked at my word. I can't, I know my glasses on. It says uh, yes, it's Sunday. So right now, that's solid. Um, you, I just have to say, stay tuned. Right now, that's all I can say. Okay. Well, but then right that means now, yeah, Sunday, November twenty seventh is 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 the closing day. Then people got to go to blackensemble.org dot org in right. all in order to see it. The phone number is seven seven three seven six nine four four five one. What I love too is that you can pick out when you go there, you pick out the exact seats you want. And every time I know, I mean, everybody knows me over there. They know I want to sit front row. I didn't get my front row center this time. I was sitting kind of over on the side, Uh-oh. but there were some people who knew it's funny. The other people who knew, she said, "Oh, we see you here every time." I said, "Then what are you doing in my seats?" Uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. Move Uh-oh. over, lady. Uh, <laughs> no, it was wonderful. Anyway, uh, congratulations on, on just uh, such a great show. Great cast. Uh, Billy, I hope this is the first of many shows I will see you at at the Black Ensemble. I love watching you perform anyway. Um, so you just do just do such a wonderful job. And, Daryl, congratulations on writing and directing this show. I know Miss Jackie is proud of you. Uh, and it's sort of interesting, too, as the years go on, we're seeing more and more people. You know, everything was always a Jackie Taylor production. But the years go on. Jackie's letting other people do their thing. Got to move on. We got to grow, huh? Right. Got to grow because the mission's got to got to keep going. Okay. Next, we'll see a Billy Rude production. Hey. So- <laughs> Oh. <laughs> you can do the story of Martin and Lewis. I'll play Jerry Lewis, Billy. You can be Dean Martin. You can sing and I- <laughs> I'll play. I'll play Father Lewis. Absolutely. We'll take it on the road. <laughs> Definitely make that happen. Gentlemen, thank you for your time. I didn't mean to abuse it, but I appreciate your time. The show is Blue Heaven, blackensemble.org. Don't miss it. November 27th. It's always so special. As everything at, at, at uh, Black Ensemble it is, it's, uh, people walk out. It's just an experience. And I thank you for your time. And you have a great run. And congratulations on it. Such a great show. Thank you. All right. Paul, as always, thank you so much.
Well, if you want to know more about what we've talked about here, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Paul Lisnick. That's P-A-U-L-L-I-S-N-E-K. And I'd love to hear your comments or topic suggestions for future podcasts. You can also go to my website, paullisnick.tv. And hey, don't forget to hit subscribe on WGN Plus and iTunes. And tune in each week to hear more Insider Scoop coming to you from behind the curtain. <laughs>